Amen, amen, amen. God is so good. Um, so I want to just talk about the importance of, of how through fellowship we begin to produce good fruit. And I want to let us know that today's restraints are not enough. All right? Real change comes, real change comes from within the heart to produce good fruit. All right? And I want to talk about these restraints all right, that are placed in our life and how they are not good enough for us to move forward into changing our community, our family, and the people that surround us today. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. So let's, let's dive into this. Um, let's go uh, to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, we'll start in verse 8 through 9. Uh, we'll just start, I'm sorry, just verse 8. And it says, if we claim to be without sin, we what? Deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. The Bible says, if we claim to be without sin, I have no sin. You deceive in yourself. And what's so scary about that, if you deceive yourself enough, you will find yourself continually falling away from Christ if you don't even know it. You deceive yourselves and the truth is not in us. I want us to understand is that the simple nature, and let's go to the next slide, we, we all have the simple nature, all right? The simple nature and because of that nature, we have to face death and die, right? We all have to face the time that we pass away. We've had family members pass away. Even children die. Man, even children die. Even if they have done nothing wrong, they still die. Why do they die? The reality of death is in the fabric of humanity. Because we are in humanity, we have to deal with death. Why? Because there is a sinful nature upon our life. The reality is, is that it's a part of our human nature, it's a part of our humanity, it's a part of our flesh. They die because the principle of, of death resides in every human being because we're all sinful. And you might say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. Now, I don't care how much, how saved you think you are and how Holy Ghost filled you think you are and how many tongues you've spoken, you're still going to have to die. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You're still going to have to die. Why? Because there is a sinful nature that's a part of us. Don't deceive ourselves. It's there. It's there. We die, all of us, because we have inherited the universal sin nature from our sinful parents, Adam and Eve. And it can produce death even before conscious sin even happens. Because it's in us. The parents' sins, you, you know, parents' sins are passed down, right? It passes down to the children. It passes down just like our imperfections can be passed down to our children. Yeah. Yeah. 
Our imperfections, when a, uh, when, when, when a mother um, uh, uh, is, a, is a drunk and she's pregnant and she drinks, 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 and she smokes, 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 guess what? That child is going to be addicted to what? Yeah. Nicotine. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Alcohol. It comes out addicted. And it even, it even, it even do nothing. But it's because it was passed down from the what? From the parents. When, it, when, a young, when a young man does not have any direction and don't know where to go and, he, and he's running around and he, and he can't find hope and he's acting up in school and, and, and what is the main thing the teachers say? The, the, the main thing they find out is that the father is not in the home. The imperfection has fallen upon the children. The sinful nature has fallen upon the children and now they react to what has fallen upon them. Are y'all with me so far? That's why the doctor asks um, you your history. When you come in and you sit in the doctor's office and you, and you sit down and they, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, what is your history? You, you ever been asked that? What is your history? And I, I don't like it when they ask me that. You know why? Because they're going to base on my history on how they're going to try to treat me. So if I say my father died of cancer, oh, you may have, you may going to be dealing with cancer in your future. If I say, well, my mother had uh, a dementia, well, you're going to probably be dealing with some dementia in your future. They are going to base their decision making and put it in my life and speak it in my life based upon my history. And what I'm trying to get us to understand today is that the, 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 the sin and the sinful nature is passed down. But I'm telling you the truth today, because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to hold on and be connected and be attached to our past history. I don't have to be connected to the sin that I did in the past. I don't have to be related to that's who I am because of the sins and the mistakes I have done in the past on the things I've said. Because Jesus, when he comes in, he's creating a new nature. So, doctor, please don't speak cancer in my life because I'm a new creature. My faith is different. My, my focus is different. Please don't say I have dementia because of my history, because of what has been passed down on me. But this is the nature of sin in that it gets passed down and people accept what has been passed down to them. The simple nature, our flesh, is a growing evil that has no control. Romans 8 and 7. Let's go, let's go to Romans 8 and 7. It says the mind governed by the flesh is what? Hostile. Do you know what hostile is? Hostile to God. That means it does not submit to God's law. Our, our, our flesh, our, our, our whole being is governed by the flesh. It's governed by the simple nature that does not want to have anything to do with God. You ever had, had a, a hostile child before? Don't raise your hand. We don't want to talk about our children. But if you, if you ever had a hostile child before and, and, and they're acting up, ah, ah, everything you try to do, ah, they hit you, swing it, huh? Anything you try to do, they're hostile to it. They want nothing to do with it. Ah, because they're not getting what they want. 
When the sinful nature is hostile to God because it desires this world, it wants something, it wants more, it wants pride, it wants sexual immorality, it wants to be what it wants to be, it wants to be evil, and it's reaching out, and it's hostile towards God because God says, no, that's not who you are. And it's hostile towards God. And it doesn't want to be obedient, and it doesn't want to submit to God's law. And that's why we are dealing with, um, that's why everything about what is right um, wants to do wrong. Everything about right, it wants to do wrong. Why is this world getting worse? Because sin is always getting passed down with no spiritual, eternal correction. Huh? And it's becoming more aggressive every day. Now, all who have not accepted Christ still may do good. Now, you might see people and you're like, well, they still do good. They don't have, they never accepted Christ and they still have somewhat, they do good things. But it's because all human nature has three restraints. Everyone say three restraints. That are created within us. And I, I'm, I'm so thankful that God has these restraints in our life. Because if we didn't have these straight restraints in our life without God, without really truly accepting Christ in our life, it would be worse than what it is right now. Evil with this every day. When Noah was building the ark, they got the Bible says they thought to do evil continually. They were continually trying to think of how they can be evil and do wrong. Without these restraints, we will continually try to go forth and do evil every day of our life because that is the sinful nature. Don't deceive yourself. It's there. Y'all are not hate me. Don't, be, don't deceive yourself. Why? Because if we deceive ourselves and say it's not there and we're not watchful, we will fall over in it. The enemy wants us to believe that it's not there. So he can tempt us and draw us to him closer. So these three restraints, a body of churchgoers, I want us to understand today, a body of churchgoers is the same as a sinner. Hmm? Now I'm saying a body of churchgoers is the same as a sinner who relies on restraints to not give themselves fully over to evil. I hope my prayer is we see how they can be related and also see that restraints are not good enough to keep us right because without the true power within, the simple nature can break the restraints. And being a churchgoer is not good enough. Say it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Say, say my suit is not good enough. Looking holy is not good enough. Huh? It's not good enough. Listen, this is what the prophet Jeremiah said. Let's go to Jeremiah uh, chapter 17, verse 9. He describes it like this. He said, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperate, desperately wicked. My goodness. Is that my heart? Wow. Deceitful. It's, he said his heart is more deceitful than all else, than anything else. The heart within us is deceitful and is wicked. It's something within us. It's that simple nature within us that is so wicked. 
And it drives us to want to do evil, to want to roll our eyes at folks and hate on people and hurt people and do wrong to people and, 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 and dislike people. And it, it's all of this the simple nature that wants us to do wrong, to steal, to cheat, to, oh my gosh, to cheat on our wives, to cheat on our husband. It's the simple nature and desire that wants to do evil, that wants to be out there. That wants to cuss and, oh my God, that wants to just be out there. Huh? You ever seen Lord? They, they, they just out there to be out there. And Jesus, knowing his creation, said this in Matthew 15, verse 19. He says, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles of the man. So what comes out of you is defiling you every day. For, for from within, he said, back, back going into the inner man, out of the heart of man proceed evil what? Oh my gosh, evil thoughts? Man, what else, what else is internal? Uh, evil thoughts, acts of what? Sexual immorality? Oh my goodness. Theft, wickedness, Murders, adulterous, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as we as well as deceit, departure, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, all these evils proceed from within and defile the man. The problem isn't outside of us. The problem is where? We say, oh, it's the environment. It's the environment. But I'll tell you the truth today. If we change what's inside, right. then we can change the environment on the Jesus. Yes. There was a there was a testimony about a young girl whose parents were on drugs and they were alcoholics. And she began to start coming to church. And she would she accepted Christ in her life, but she said, How can I go home in my environment and still live right when my parents are still Drinking and they're smoking and they're and they're and they're and they're, they're treating me all type of way and I I don't know how I can just stay connected and live this life and the pastor told her he says your parent the Bible says that your parents may not be honorable but you still have to honor them even though they're not honorable and so she went home. And because of the change that happened within her, she began to treat her parents with love. She began to treat her parents with kindness. She began to treat her parents with understanding. Yeah, they were yelling at her, screaming at her, all types of sort of things, but she returned with love. She returned with what God has built inside of her. And when she began to return what was inside of her, her parents began to change. Matter of fact, they came to the church and said, what have you done to our daughter? They said, we have done nothing to your daughter. It's the Christ that is within her. Oh, Jesus. It is the Christ that is within her that has been changing her. And now you see the result. And they say, we want what she got. What I'm trying to get us to understand today is the inner big being that needs to change continually in our life. If we want to change the environment and the atmosphere around us, you want to start a change in our community, you want to change your job situation, you want to change your home situation, you want to change the church situation, 
start being obedient to God and letting him work through your life. And guess what? The environment will change. That's the power of Jesus. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. So the first restraint is our consciousness. The consciousness is, is, is uh, let's go to the, the restraints. Restraints, first restraint is our consciousness, and I want to put emphasis on it is not the Holy Ghost. All right? Our consciousness is not the Holy Ghost. I want us to understand is that within every man, we know right from wrong. How do I know that? Because when Adam and Eve, when they bit the fruit, they had they received the knowledge of what? Good and Right. So within human nature, it's already within us to understand and know right from wrong. It's already built in our life. And I'll give you an example. When a child comes in and you say, hey, do not eat from the cookie jar. Right. And the kid goes, put all the cookies in their mouth. And you say, child whatever that child name is. Did I not tell you to eat the, did not, did you eat, you asked them, but did you eat the cookies from the cookie jar? And with their mouths full, no. Why did they lie? Because they know what is wrong. It's already in, they lie because they know they know within them already, they know what is right from wrong. As they grow older and get bigger, it's already within them to know right from wrong. That's why they lie. And so they lie because it's in our human nature. It's already built in us right from wrong. Our consciousness, which is our, our self-knowledge, kicks in when evil happens. A mechanism in being human that creates fear. When, uh, when, when if you ever talk with a gangster, and I don't advise you to, if you're not there yet, don't just go talk to a gangster. But if you ever sit down with someone that's living that life, that is out there, if you ever sit down with them, they will tell you that when they do wrong, they are always looking over there is a consciousness, there is something there that is a fear there, and that's their consciousness. There is something there that tells them they did wrong. There is something there that says that because of this situation, because of what I did, I have to watch my back because I feel like something is coming against me. Maybe the police, maybe another gang, maybe something that is coming against me. So they have a conscience of when they do evil, there is an anxiety, there might be dread or panic, there might be something there in their life that tells them they did wrong. Oh man, and it's restraint. This is why evil cannot go, uh, that, that's why evil is not as bad as it is, it, it's, it's getting worse, but evil is not as bad as it could be. Why? Because people have a conscience. You ever heard of the term guilty conscience? Because people have, they feel that dread. Some people have uh, uh, such a screaming conscience, it tortures them. And guess what? It tortures them so bad because they begin to think of the past sins in their life. They begin to think about what they've done to their children, maybe what they did to their wife, and what they said, and then they turn to alcohol. 
Hmm? They turn to drugs because they turn to something that tries to help and, and stop what the, the, the anxiety and the consciousness of guilt that is boiling up inside of their life. And so they engage in adrenaline and activities and maybe they might even commit suicide because of this restraint that consciousness of what they have done is wrong. And humankind, but this restraint has been tampered with. I, I even know, that's why I said churchgoers, it, it's, it's the same with churchgoers, because you can keep going to church and still have the thoughts of suicide when you're just a churchgoer. There was a man who was going to church. He was, uh, his, him and his wife was going to church. They didn't, they didn't see, they didn't know what was going on. He was going to church. He was in the front. Then all of a sudden, one day, he committed suicide. So going to church and being in the front, that don't mean nothing. I'm, what I'm trying to get us to understand is that something has to happen with it's got to be more than just church. There's an inner battle. Humankind has tampered with this to justify doing more evil. That's why the consciousness, if you understand consciousness uh, of what's bad, good, uh, you, you will see now that bad things have become good. Have you noticed that now? Oh my goodness, bad things. Man, they rap about looking this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They make it a good thing. They rap about it. They sing about it. Huh? That sexual immorality, man. That's that man. It, it used to be bad. Then it used to be bad back in the day. But as the world progressed, they had to tamper with the consciousness, and now it's not as bad anymore. There, so some of the stuff you see on TV now, you you wouldn't been able to see that 50 years ago. No, 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 no. You wouldn't have been able to see half nudity in the word. Man, you couldn't say not one curse word on TV. Uh, you were banned. Oh, man, that wasn't heard of. But I'm telling you, the, the consciousness has been tampered with as the world continues on because it's just a restraint. They begin to pull those restraints off, and now it's getting worse. I cannot watch a series or a television show without a homosexual couple being in it. Am I right about it? You, no, matter, no matter what new series come on, I can bet you 90%, 100% that it will be a homosexual couple in there somewhere. Matter of fact, when they came out with uh, uh, the last movie of Marvel Comics, uh, the, uh, the End Games, they came out with the last movie, did you not know the homosexual community was angry? And the reason why they were angry, because they said they didn't have uh, place enough in the movie. Right. It was a clip in there with it was two homosexuals talking, but they said, guess what, that's not enough. The restraints, the consciousness of doing wrong is dying down, and evil is rising up. The second restraint is the family established in Genesis to spread what is good. And I, I'll tell you that family does put a restraint on evil. Listen, you, you, if you ever talk to some people, when you, you man, you was at the club doing all this stuff, and then all of a sudden you have a baby? <laughs> you start having responsibilities, you don't go to the club as much. Like, man, I gotta take care of these bills, I gotta take care of this child. And not only that, but, but uh, I mean, if, if you ever talk to somebody, man, talk to 
somebody that, that, that's been out there in the streets and then all of a sudden they have a son. There is something in them that says, man, bro, I ain't messing with that no more, man. I got a little homie at home. Man, I ain't doing that stuff, man. I got a little, I got a little boy at home. I ain't gonna be up there like that. Because why? Because they don't they don't want to see, they don't want the little son or the boy or the children to see the wrong and the sin that they're doing. And so that it restrains them from doing evil. It brings them back from doing evil. So family, we, we want to, we want to see our kids doing good. We want to see our kids doing good. And that's why we hide some things and we don't do things in front of our children and we pull back on some evil because we want our children to see what is good. Yeah, yeah, but guess what? That restraint is dying too. Mm-hmm. So we simmer down a little bit, but that restraint is dying too. We don't care anymore what our children see. We don't care anymore. Even the church goer, now the church goer, I'm not talking about someone who is asking God to come into their life daily and working in their life. I'm just talking about the normal church goer. The normal church goer can go to church, look holy, do all this stuff, and they go home and they cuss out their wife, cuss out their children, be mean to their family, bring them down, shut them down, you know, put them down. Huh? And, and it's because they have lost the restraint of family of to do good and to build them up. There is no shame in what they do in front of their children. There is no shame in how they treat their children. They don't care about it anymore. All they care about is themselves. If you ever notice why people, uh, 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 they want to keep their children even though they are treating them like dirt, but they want to keep them because they can still get a check. They want to keep them bounded under, they don't know no better. They don't want them to learn how to read. They don't want them to, because if they start learning how to read and do better in school, they're going to lose their. The restraint of family is dying. Third is punishment. Has put in place which says, I'd rather not do evil. So there's punishments in place and this is restraint from, from people not doing evil. This is like, I'm not gonna go rob somebody or go uh, um, rob the, the store down the street because I'm gonna go to jail. And so it's a restraint from evil that says I'm not doing that. But guess what? That restraint of punishment is dying too. People do not care if they're emotionally high, if they're emotionally ready to burn, if they're emotionally upset and angry, that's why the young man in Kenosha shot and killed his girlfriend and shot the mama too. Why? Because the, pun the punishment didn't, the restraint of punishment did not matter anymore because of the sinful nature that was so strong and so powerful, they did not care about it emotionally. And so they just went forth and followed emotions. And now, a young lady is gone because of the simple nature. Everyone will say the restraints are not good enough. It holds back evil for a little while. But I'm telling you, that simple nature is strong. That simple nature is powerful. Jesus, even if you're church churchgoer, the only thing that you want to protect is your status in church. You don't even care about the punishment. You're just hoping the status, your status at church stays the same. God, have mercy. 
I want us to understand that restraints can be twisted. We need an eternal transformation. Everyone say internal transformation. transformation. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. Paul prayed to the Father. Paul was pleading to the Father. Paul was like, Father, listen. Something has, has to happen. And he said this. He said that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit. Everyone say, I need the spirit within me. I need the spirit within me. His spirit into the inner man. He's saying, listen, the restraints are not good enough. The sinful nature is always going to overbound the restraints. So listen, there needs to be a spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus needs to come in to the inner man that Christ may make his home in your hearts through faith. To be sure, Christ making his home in our hearts involves building us. Amen? I want us to understand that when Christ comes in our hearts, he begins to build a home in us. He begins to build something within us. So what is the difference from Jesus working within us and us just having restraints? The difference is when God begins to build within us, when Jesus comes in and we allow him to come in and we say, yes, I need to change. I need to change within the inside. I don't want to be somebody who just doing this because I don't want to be punished. I don't want to be somebody because I just don't want to have the consciousness of feeling guilty or fear. I don't want to do this because it's just because of my family, because I want to do right for my children. I want to do right internally inside of my life because I want to please Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? This means that if I don't have a family, if I don't have guilt, if I don't have uh, the punishment, I still want to do right. Still want to do right. So you can put me in the desert with the most finest woman in the world and no punishment can happen. Nobody can see me. Nobody, uh, huh? Put me in the desert and I still doing right because there is something has changed in the inside of me. So when I'm given the option to do wrong, I still have a desire to do right. What happens is the difference from restraints is that when Jesus begins to build within the inside, he knocks the taste of sinful nature out of your mouth. When Jesus begins to build on the inside, he begins to make a new nature, new things, new things happen. You don't have a taste for the old things anymore. Have you ever lost a taste for something before? And when you don't have a taste for that, you don't want that. There is no push, there is no pull. You're just like, I don't want it no more. I don't have a taste for it no more. When Jesus comes in and begins to work in your life and starts bringing in new furniture, new clothes, new things, you're like, I don't have a taste for them old raggedy stuff. I don't have a taste for that old couch. I don't have a taste for them old clothes. Jesus is bringing a new thing in my life, and I don't want this old stuff because this old stuff is causing destruction in my life. When Jesus comes in and begins to build and makes a home in our hearts, the taste is different. The taste is different. Salvation of God makes new hearts. 
The power of God within comes from the inside, overpowering the corruption that is in the inside. We need, we need the power of Jesus Christ to overcome the sinful nature that we cannot change ourselves. We cannot change ourselves. The restraints are not good enough. We need Jesus to come in and begin to build and begin to work and begin to move and begin to change and begin to transform the corruption that is inside of my life. And I have to be watchful that I don't get comfortable, but every morning I wake up ready and say, God, let your will be done in my life. Change whatever is not of you in my life. We may not be perfect, but the desire to be perfect is there. We may not be perfect, but the longing to be perfect is there. We may not be perfect, but the aspirations, the new aspirations to be perfect is there. We might not be perfect, but the hope of glory to be perfect, to get there is there. A new direction is there. The fruit producer is there. Now you begin to produce some good fruit. The reason why we're saved today because someone has introduced Christ in our life. And what happened was they were producing kindness in our life. We might have treated somebody devilish and wrong and all kind of stuff, but it was something different about them we saw. It was the fruit that they began to produce because of how Jesus was building them in the inside. And when they produce good fruit, then we begin to taste and see. Oh, taste and see that God is good. We begin to taste the fruit of their labor. We begin to taste what God has been doing in their life. And guess what? It tastes so good. We're like, I don't like what I've been doing in my past. This, what you are offering, is better. How can I get what you got? How can I get what you got? I want to let you know today that because of you producing fruit, because of God working within your life, did you not know you are restraining, you are keeping evil from an individual dying? You are keeping evil from overcoming a person who may not know God and is getting ready to go in the wrong direction, who's getting ready to fall in destruction. I want you to know today that because of you allowing God to work within your life, you are planting a seed that may save someone's life. And because you are planting a seed, Jesus' case for their life gets stronger. Do you not know God is pleading our case every day? Do you not know he's pleading our case and the devil is saying we're no good, we can't change, we can't be better? But I thank God when we begin to plant a seed in someone's life, God is saying, listen, my servant over here planted a seed. My servant over here planted a seed. God, give me some time to water that seed. Give me that some time to show them who I am. Give me some time before evil takes them out. Let my grace fall upon their life because my children are planting seeds. They're planting seeds within people. And God's case is like, hold on. There is hope there. There is hope there. I can see growth there. Why? Because you all are planting seeds. Thank God for those who are planting seeds for people around you. You may not know it, but you might be saving someone's life. Because you are planting a seed. By working, children of God, you are working to produce the fruit for them to taste and see that God is good. It's okay. You might say, listen, it's okay. Even if your family see you slip up, it's okay. 
Because with Christ working in you, they will see that God is able to keep you from falling. You might say, I'm going to mess up. I'm I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm going to mess up. No, 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 no. Let them see that God can keep you from falling. So if you slip and make a mistake, God is able to rise you up and people can see, man, God is a forgiver. Look at the things I've changed in my life. I'm better than what I used to be. So I want to encourage everyone today. Don't be just churchgoers. Allow God to continually move and work in the inside of your life because the sinful nature will continue to corrupt. We are going to die because of the sinful nature is a part of us. And it's going to continue to try to drive us away from God. But we have to be aggressive. We have to be fighting and reaching for God every day of our life. Let us stand.